The following production is part of the Play Some Video Games Podcast Network. Stuffies, and welcome to Board with Video Games, the gaming podcast that strives for the right balance of coverage for the games you play on your table and on your television. You can think of us as the Kelvin and Hobbs of gaming podcasts. We're a proud member of the PSVG Podcast Network. I'm one of your hosts, Kyle. And joining me on this co-op adventure, the guy whose imagination is so vivid he brings me to life. Josh, how are you doing this evening? Tired. I'm good. I'm tired. Uh, I have a, a question for you now. One could argue Calvin imagined Hobbes or Hobbes imagined Calvin. Oh, well, how do you take it? Oh, I mean, the tiger's fake. (laughs) (laughs) I always forget if he's Calvin or Hobbes. I'm pretty sure it's Hobbes. Calvin is the kid, Hobbes is the tiger, yeah. (laughs) Been ages since I've read a Calvin and Hobbes. Are you a fan of Calvin and Hobbes? Oh, yeah, for sure. I was was a fan. You know, I haven't, I don't know, they're not still active. No, 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 not at all. No. I haven't been in so, quite some time. Yeah, I used to have the books, like the big collection of books, and you know, used to read them in the paper when that was a thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, of course, I think uh, it's a shame that kids don't have comic strips as much as they did when we were growing up, at least. That's true. I did read those quite regularly, and Kelvin and Hobbes was definitely a favorite. And it's interesting, too, because this week, I didn't change, like, the intro part, because I still use stuffies. Because, <laughs> well, because it's kind of appropriate in this time, too, because you got Hobbes who's stuffed, yeah, potentially, depending on how you think of it. And then you have, you know, we'll talk more about why I stuck with that a little bit later. <laughs> but have you seen, um, it wasn't an official Kelvin and Hobbes uh, strip, but have you seen the one that talks about um, Kelvin having to take like medicine for like ADD. No. <laughs> so there's, there's actually, uh, it's actually kind of like heartbreaking. There's, there is a strip that you can find that it was not, it's not an official one. It was done by someone, um, but it's basically Kelvin like working on his homework and Hobbes is like, Hey, let's go have these adventures. Hey, let's go do these things. And Kelvin's like, stop. I need to focus on this. Stop. I need to focus on this. Stop. I'm doing my homework. I need to focus on this. And then the last panel of the strip is Kelvin doing his work and Hobbes has turned back into a stuffed toy. Oh, man. Yeah, it's actually like really like, oh, man, like that's who. All right. That's the deep stuff right there. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, looking for this tribute cartoon and we have some deep things going on there. So, Jeez. yeah, it's, it's pretty intense. <laughs> but hey, this is not a podcast about comic strips. So that would be a good, a good podcast. Uh, this is a podcast about games, so thanks so much for joining us each week. As always, hit us up on social media at Board with VG on Twitter and on Instagram. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash board with VG. So feel free to go say five-star rating over there. And if you have a long-form piece you'd like to send us, go ahead and feel, email us at boardwithvg at gmail.com. And as always, use that hashtag boardwithvg. So we know all the cool, awesome things you're talking about, the cool, awesome things you're playing, and we can be part of that awesome conversation that you are having out there on the internet. So enough of that housekeeping stuff. Josh, what have you been playing on your tabletop? I'll let you guess. I'll give you two guesses. My guess is going to be you haven't played anything. That's correct, sir. (laughs) 
Uh, it's it was a it was a long weekend. Um, we had a lot of stuff going on, so we had snow to deal with. We had snow to deal with. How much snow um, have you guys gotten? Well, let's see. L- last week we got sixteen and a half inches. Well, that's not that much. I mean, come on. Uh, and then today, as of. As, I don't know what it, we're at now, but as of four hours ago, we were at 17.7 inches. Uh, it's still snowing. It's not supposed to stop till 5 a.m. tomorrow. Nice, nice. Uh, so I'm going to, I mean, I don't know. We're, we're looking at like 20, 24 inches for this storm. And we have another one coming next week. We just found out today. Well, so, you know, it'll, it'll. March came, is clearly a lion for you guys. You know, March is often the snowiest month of the year. So it's living up to that billing. Yeah, for sure. There's uh, 270,000 people in Massachusetts without power. Uh, luckily, so we, we live we, on the same grid as a school, so we don't. We hardly ever lose power here. But we should say, just in case, if there are audio issues or anything like that, like they're likely weather-related in this situation. Yeah, my. I mean, my setup is not gonna if anything happens it's because we lose power or right. internet goes down which is very possible uh but yeah uh, we just didn't get any games to the table uh, you know i was really looking forward to getting another game uh, or another like attempt at stuff fables in um and even on Thomas, like i'm just looking at it because i feel like it would be an easier game to pick up and get mm-hmm. to the table um so yeah. We'll we'll get something. We'll we'll play something maybe tomorrow night, maybe uh, over the weekend. Um, but it's going to be another hectic weekend. We got St. Patty's Day. We have uh, sister-in-law's baby baby shower. You know, we have stuff going on. So you know, it's just getting tighter and tighter. But we'll squeeze something in. So is St. Patrick's Day a big deal for you all? You know, this will be our first, well, technically it'll be our second St. Patrick's Day with a baby, but mm-hmm. this will be our first one with a one-year-old. Gotcha. Uh, it's not a, like, my wife loves to cling to her Irish roots, which are very short. Uh, I have, if I have Irish in me at all, it's a very small percentage. Uh, I like to celebrate it, but we have a local brewery um, named Wormtown Brewery, which is named after Worcester. And their birthday, technically, is St. Patrick's Day. Mm, so mm, every mm. year they do a big event at the brewery, uh, which I've gone to every single one. And uh, even if it's like if it fell on a Wednesday or something, I would mm-hmm. still be able to stop in. Uh, so for me, that's a big deal. I mean, taking a one-year-old to a brewery isn't necessarily something <laughs> people love, but but it happens. People go in with strollers and, you know... Uh, so I might stop in and give him a visit, but that's that'll be my day. And then and my job as the, you know, brother of the father to be is I have to go help carry, pack up, and carry all the baby stuff back to their house. So a large portion of my day Saturday will be moving things. So maybe <laughs> if I pack a board game oh, with yeah. me, maybe I can convince them to play at his house when we get there. Yeah, I'll and one. You had mentioned Onitama. Like, it is super easy to learn, very easy to teach, and a very quick game. So if you're looking for something you can teach in five minutes and be done within 20, it is an excellent option if you're just looking for something easy to squeeze in there. Perhaps that's what I'll do. 
So here's the other big question then. So that's your St. Patrick's Day plans. What are your St. Urho's Day plans? You'll have to tell me what that is and when it is. So St. Urho's (laughs) Day is the day before St. Patrick's Day. It's the 16th. Uh, And it is is a Finnish day. um, And it celebrates the day that St. Urho removed or led all the grasshoppers out of Finland. (laughs) Okay, what a terrible story. (laughs) Why are you laughing? How is that any less ridiculous than St. Patrick's Day? The grasshoppers, man. Right <laughs> they're not even that, locusts. Do, well, I mean, come on. Grasshoppers do a lot of damage to crops. I mean, they're a pain in the tuchus. That's true. That's a good point. There are no snakes, though. I mean, they're not snakes, I suppose. But I'm just saying, it's no more <laughs> ridiculous than St. Patrick's Day. All right. So, so and his name is Urho. Yeah. Urho's day. So, so for St. Urho's Day, I'll be working. Uh, gotcha. So unfortunately, uh, make sure you wear purple, because purple is the color of St. Urho's Day. So make sure you wear okay. that on Friday then. So I'll do that. It's a, it's a, um, I'm from originally from Northern Minnesota. It's a very big thing up there. There's a lot of Finnish Americans up there. A lot of Finns in general live up there and it's celebrated very, they have a lot of joy, um, in celebrating that holiday up there. They really enjoy it. (laughs) So it's a good time, but Hey, I did get a little gaming in good. Um, but unfortunately it's going to be a game we've already talked about. And that's just, I have played, continue to play stuff fables and I am still continuing to enjoy it. I do really think that it is an excellent game. Um, and I even more heartily recommend it than I did last week. But there was some interesting news about Stuff Fables that I wanted to bring up and have us chat about briefly in this board mm-hmm. game section here. Um, Plaid Hat announced that they have added seasoned stuffies, a seasoned stuffies variance to make the game more challenging. So these are, I, I guess I want to say, official variants that exist now for Stuff Fables because they said after listening to all of the feedback, they felt that you know it was really good the game fit well for families but you know those more seasoned gamers who maybe weren't playing with their children wanted some more challenging ways to play the game so they have uh released a list of seven quote-unquote official i guess uh ways you can alter the game to make it more challenging and i will say things are about what you'd expect them to be there's like stuffing shortages so you um reduce the number of white dice that so you can get fewer um, stuffings back, um, making the bosses tougher. So you add additional stuffings to the bosses um, to make them more challenging, um, reducing the number of the wild dice and things like that that are in the bag to make it. So you have to get, you know, the actual colors you need and then also increasing the chance that you're going to get your black dice to have, you know, the the minions come out that you're going to have to battle. Um, what do you think about them adding these variants to, to help out those seasoned gamers to increase the difficulty of the game. I mean, I think it's great. It's not hurting anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, I, I would say it, it works for the inclusion aspect of the game because a lot of people out there, if you're in mes- if you're like on uh, message boards or even fa- on Dice Tower Facebook page, you'll see all these people who are asking, "Can we play stuff fables with just adults?" Mm-hmm. And for anyone who's worried about the difficulty being too easy because it's for families. It's a great uh, option for them to not have to like house rule their own things. They can go get something official from Plat Hat. So I think it's it's good. I mean, I have no intention of doing it anytime soon, but right. Um, I mean, I, I'm the type of person who like I know a lot of people who play video games on hard because they like the challenge, but I'm more into the story. Mm-hmm. So for me, stuff Ables, I'm gonna want to play at the difficulty it's made at, so I can get through the story and enjoy it. And if I feel the need 
to replay it, you know, if I ever get time, if I win the lottery and can quit my job, uh, then yeah, I could go back and, you know, or if my wife and I finish it and we really enjoy it and we want to bring two more people in, maybe mm-hmm. that increase the difficulty because we'll have two seasoned people with two newbies. Um, so that's always a possibility, but, uh, I think it's a great idea. Like, like I said, that's, that's free stuff supplied by Plat Hat that they did not have to do. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's very cool. I, I think it's a neat way for them to show the community that they're listening to them. And one cool thing they did with it as well is when they released the season variant and they also said like, Hey, here are a couple other things you can do. Um, for the game, not necessarily to make it easier, but just to kind of be helpful. So if you want to save the game, they said specifically, like, here are the things you need to save. Here's the things that you could put back, however. But they kind of included, like, here's what you need to keep, like, separate in some way or put into a bag in some way and keep track of. And everything else can go back into the box. So that was nice. Uh, they also have created a PDF of the player cards that you can print off from their website so your kids can color them the way they want them to be. Uh. And they can actually name the stuffies different names if they want to. So obviously when you're reading the story, you'd have to remember to sub in the names that your kids put in. Yeah. But that way if your kids, or even you, I mean, it wouldn't matter, want to color and create the stuffy to be the way you want it to be, you can do that. Which I thought it was a really cool um, way to help kids or adults feel some ownership <laughs> over their character and kind of design their character a little bit. Yeah. Um, and the other cool variant that they put in there was you get buttons in the game and typically those buttons are used for very specific things. But they said, hey, if you want to be able to use your buttons more readily, you could discard one to re-roll a dice. And I thought that was an interesting variant for them to throw out there of like, hey, here's another way you could use these if you want to, um, just so you feel like they're being used. Because like we've gotten buttons and I've gotten buttons and I don't use them all that often. Like they're not something that I'm diving into regularly. And I was like, hey, that's actually a really interesting idea of a neat way to use those. You don't have to. But it's a cool way to say, okay, if you need to re-roll something, here's an option of the way you can make that happen. I thought that was very cool that they're kind of updating the game as we go here. It's not just like rules erratas where they're like making like, oh, this rule is broken. But like, hey, here are cool things you can add. And we're listening to the community updating a game almost like you'd feel like a video game would be updated. Yeah, that's very cool. I like that they're doing that. Awesome. Well, hey, that's what we've been playing on our tabletops or not playing on our tabletops. Josh, what have you been (laughs) playing on your television? Well, I have found some time to play some video games, believe it or not. Uh, I will say I did take time where I know I could be playing video games, and I did watch, for the first time, Thor Ragnarok in stunning 4K. Uh, And I can honestly say it's in my top three Marvel movies. Uh, It was so good. I know we're not (laughs) here to talk about movies, but I thoroughly enjoyed that movie. We are doing a complete Marvel, just movie, rewatch right now. So we just watched Iron Man 2 tonight, actually. Nice. So we got uh, Thor next and then the Avengers. So we are, we're going to we're gonna, we're gonna have to do a couple movies a week, maybe three movies a week to get there to the April 27th date. But, yeah, no kidding. <laughs> but, we're, but we're pretty excited about it. I'm actually impressed that my wife wants to watch. She's not usually a movie person, so I'm impressed that she, she was the one who suggested it. So I was like, sure, really? I'm not going to say no. Nice. But, That's very cool. Uh, yeah, so I played, so thanks to, uh, EA access, uh, I was able to download burnout paradise remaster. So you get a 10 hour free trial. Um, so I jumped into that and, you know, just from the opening screen to, 
to getting into the game to the to the narrator like everything like brought so much it's 10 years old mm-hmm. brought back so much like nostalgia so many feels for the burnout series that it's been you know a long time since we've had a a good burnout game i think split second was like disney's way to try to bring back burnout and it wasn't bad but it wasn't burnout um so uh, i've been just cruising around uh paradise city i forgot how open world it is mm-hmm. like you literally if you want to race you literally just stop at a uh, um, traffic light and it will pull up an event for you you don't even know what the event is going to be until you pull up to the to the stop to the traffic light which i think is pretty cool um and it unlocks a bunch of cars for you because i it includes all the dlc so i was just playing before we recorded and i was using the night rider i was using kit and you can mm-hmm. use the Back to the Future car or the Ghostbusters uh, hearse or all these different things. Um, so I'm just enjoying it. If you love the Burnout series, uh, it comes out this week at 40 bucks, which is a pretty good price, uh, especially considering that the remaster is in 4K if you have a, a 4K TV and an Xbox One X. Um, or It's not 4K, you know, it's like upscaled or whatever you want to consider it. Um, but... <laughs> It looks great. It runs smooth. Um, no hiccups. So they did a great job on the remaster. It feels like a new game, even though it's 10 years old. Um, and then I jumped into Xbox Early Access uh, Darwin Project. I'm not sure if you've heard of this. Um, I have uh, heard I heard about it when I saw it on my Xbox downloaded. Yeah. Oh. Because <laughs> yeah. uh, so, it's Early Access, you only get a two-hour free trial. Uh, and then you have to decide if you want to purchase it or not. Uh, so I didn't really know what it was. Uh, I saw that uh, Major Nelson posted a, like a tweet about it. So I checked out some screenshots and um, looked at some clips. And it turns out it's another, you know, Battle Royale style game. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, you know, I wasn't I wasn't going to download it. And then for whatever reason, I just was like, hey, I got a few minutes. My kid's taking a nap. I'll try it. And it's. Everyone compares Fortnite and PUBG to Hunger Games. Mm-hmm. Like this game is Hunger Games. <laughs> kind of. You can play. So you play as uh, these guys or girls. Uh, I didn't see any female characters, but I don't think that they're not in it. I just didn't see any um, in like a weird, like Ice Age kind of environment. But you can battle. You only have a bow and arrow or a axe or a shovel. And it's all melee. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can craft. You can craft fire to keep yourself warm if you're getting too cold. Craft arrows. You can craft a coat to keep yourself warm. And then you can craft traps. You can destroy trees to get wood and other objects to get material. Um, and then you can, if you find these electronic devices that are in the map, if you uh, interact with them, you get electronics, and electronics let you build either. Like a shield, uh, camouflage, or in there was one other option. Oh, like a teleport. Okay. And you use these in the game as well. That's in the main game, but you can also play as the game director, which is. Oh, the, oh that, okay. I have heard of this game now. So the, the, okay. the, the map is, is set up in a circle and there's quadrants. It's not like PUBG or Fortnite where the map is slowly getting close closed on you. Mm-hmm. This one, the game director, just like in Hunger Games, can 
send lava into a sector. Mm-hmm. They can do all these things, but they close sectors off slowly, but they get to choose what sectors they close off and they can see where the players are at all times. Okay. So they can kind of guide people towards each other or create these labyrinths where essentially you could get trapped in a sector mm-hmm. if you don't get out fast enough. Um, and then it comes down to sudden death usually. And uh, the the queue to get it to play as the game director is crazy long. So I never got to play as the game director um, just because I knew if I waited, it would take up all my trial time. Right. Um, it was fun. Uh, I will, I will say that, uh, I can't say I'd spend the money just because Fortnite's free and I already own PUBG. Mm-hmm. So I don't necessarily need a, another game like that, but it does add that extra that the other two doesn't have that more people are familiar with, uh, from the hunger game series. Like you right. can totally relate to wanting to be that person. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's cool that the game offers that. I don't necessarily know what the interface is like as you play as a game director, but uh, it, it, the concept alone is fun. And when you finish uh, a game, it asks you to rate the game director on oh. how well they did. So in the higher, you, I think if you get a higher rating as a game director, you get you get like more priority when you want to play. Oh wow! Uh, I think I think is how I read one of the loading screens, or it affects you as a player if you get higher ratings. Gotcha. So, what's the art style like in this game? It's very cartoony. Um, think like uh, Pixar-y Okay. Uh, style, not uh, it, uh, close to Fortnite. I think okay. I like the art better though. I like the art style better because it sounds a lot like. From what you're saying, mechanics-wise, it sounds a lot like. Did you ever play Don't Starve? No, um, but I know I know the art style from right, and, that's, and not necessarily the art style, but from a mechanic standpoint of like you need to build fire, and you need to craft all these things. It sounds like if you took those items, but then made it like multiplayer. Yeah, it kind yeah. of sounds like that's what you're getting. Then obviously the game director thing's a whole different thing, but that sounds really interesting. Yeah, it's worth it's worth a try. I mean, you get a free trial, so it's worth checking out. Even if you don't like it, it's a pretty easy delete if you don't if you don't want to play it. Very true. So, so that's what I've been playing. How about you, sir? <laughs> well, you know, we like to keep up on the newest, latest, okay. best games here at Board with VG. And we're kind of in that weird time right now because we have just a couple weeks. Well, not quite even two weeks really until... Sea of Thieves hits, Nino Kuni 2 hits, A Way Out hits, and Far Cry 5 all arrive within like five days of each other. So, you know, we really haven't had much in the last few weeks, and then we get all those games very, very close together. So I was like, you know, I got to stay up with the news latest stuff, and I only have a little bit of time until those games come. So you know what I'm going to play? I'm going to play Sleeping Dogs. <laughs> <laughs> I bought Sleeping Dogs on a Black Friday sale for my PS4 Man, two years ago, I think. I think it was not last Black Friday, but the Black Friday before. It might have even been three years ago. Um, and it was still in the shrink. But I looked up how long to beat because I've always wanted to play this game. And everyone has always talked about how good it is. So I looked up on how long to beat it was. And I was like, okay, I think I can get this done before all these other games hit. So I unwrapped it, put the disc in, started playing it. And oh my gosh, I'm so sad I never played this game sooner because this game is amazing. <laughs> It? Have you ever played Sleeping Dogs? No, but it's on. I have the definitive edition on the on Xbox. Perfect, and that's because that's the exact edition that I have of it. It basically is GTA, but with no guns. 
It's all hand-to-hand combat. I should say no guns, almost no guns. It's almost all hand-to-hand combat. So you go in and you're kind of having like the beat em up brawl, like kind of like Arkham combat almost, but it's in an open world game in Hong Kong where you are playing an undercover cop who is playing basically both sides. So like half your missions are like, I'm the police officer going to help the citizens. And the other half is I am infiltrating this mob organization and trying to work my way up and do these really dirty CD tasks for them to like gain their confidence. So it's really, really an interesting dichotomy between like, I'm the cop being a good guy going to do the good things. But, you know, part of my job is to be part of this organization and work with them. So I have to do some really gross things too. It's just really, really interesting. And the combat is fun and interesting. It's not super deep. I mean, it's definitely like hit, well, hit square to punch, hit triangle to counter, you know, hit circle to take people down. Like it's not super deep, but it's just really fun and really engaging. The world is pretty cool. It's a setting and characters you don't see very often in games. I'm just really enjoying my time with it. I'm having a lot of fun playing it. I have some nitpicks like, you know, obviously this is an older game. It came out in like 2012, I think, initially. And this is the remastered version of it. Still, the graphics are a little not the best. They look good, but they don't look, you know, when you compare it to current games, not great, even though it's remastered. Uh, The driving, (laughs) as I said, I'm not a huge fan of driving, so I'm probably just really bad. But the driving mechanic of the game is a little bit wonky. Like somehow some of the vehicles handle just don't feel good, especially motorcycles. Like the turning radiuses on them are super wide. So even if you like do like a handbrake or emergency brake turn, like they don't, they, everything swings really, really wide. And they do this really weird thing of you get, while you're leveling up, you level up in like, there's multiple ways you can level up. But the two main ones are, hey, my mob or my bad guy level up and then my good guy police level up. But anytime you cause like property damage or like run over innocent civilians, you lose the number of points you're going to get from your police side. So like you have to, so like when you're driving, like you actually have to try to stay on the road and not like drive on the sidewalk and run people over when you're doing missions because you'll lose like points to level up. And for me, that's really bad. Like, like <laughs> I'm not very good at driving. So I was losing a lot of points for running over innocent civilians. So that was very sad. Um, but overall, I'm really enjoying this game. Since you already have it on Xbox, I would highly recommend you jump in and give it a whirl. Uh, it's a lot of fun. You know, it, it, like I said, it has a lot of the same trappings as the open world games of there's a lot of different things to go do. There's races to do. There's like martial arts clubs to like become victorious in um, a lot of different side missions. Plus, though, you have these two kind of interwoven main storylines that you're going through at the same time. Um, so it's a really interesting, cool game. I'm really enjoying it. I'm having a lot of fun with it. I highly recommend if you don't have it to pick it up. It goes on sale all the time for like five dollars. And I think it probably is going to be 20 to 30 hours to finish and have like a good fun time during that 20 to 30 hours. The controls are a little bit wonky. They're not absolutely perfect. The running is kind of, I feel like I'm kind of like weaving a lot when I run. Um, but overall, so a really good game, a really fun time. I'm really bummed because United Front Games, the group that made it, is that studio got shut down probably because I didn't buy the game when it originally came out. So I'm partly to blame. Uh, but it was published by Square Enix. So I'm hoping that potentially... Someday, we maybe might get a sequel to it. And there's rumors, or at least they were trying to make a Sleeping Dogs movie or tele- or series. I don't remember. But Donnie Yen was, was, is, like, attached to it. Nice. So that would be super cool because I am a big fan of Donnie Yen. I think he does some sweet stuff. 
So I would love to see it resurrected that way. And if it does get resurrected that way, maybe that means we can get another game as well. So Sleeping Dogs, that is what I've been playing until all of the really new awesome stuff starts hitting next week. So with that, let's jump into our topic of the show this week. And it's a it's a grab bag of palooza. This is our second Ooh. grab bag of palooza show. Uh, so I had to come up with a fancy name for it this time because I didn't want to number them. So this is a grab bag of palooza remix. Next time we do one, I'll have to come up with another name for it, but Remix is what it is today. So this show is all dictated by you all, and the questions that you have sent us and the conversations you've been having, so we're just going to kind of roll through some of the questions that you have and answer them and have discussions about them, and it's going to be a grand time. (laughs) The first question comes from Super Listener Shipleg, a.k.a. at Dopalicious on Twitter. He says, hey, just did a VR experience game with friends last weekend, which would have been a couple weekends ago now, and it totally warmed me up to PSVR. Is it worth it? Notable VR must-haves. I'm still on the fence, but I mean, top 100 on my first go, it's a natural fit. Included in his tweet was a picture of his placement in the game after he was finished. So he did quite well. Josh, I know you don't have VR. Correct. Do you have any interest in VR? Have you played VR? What are your thoughts on it? You know, I do have interest in VR. Uh, I did have interest in VR when it came up, but I, you know, I felt, I feel a little burned by like new tech, uh, especially when it's like 3D, like when PlayStation tried that 3D TV um, a while ago. Um, so I want it to be successful, but I, I couldn't justify jumping in again uh, on it, if that makes sense. Like, <clears throat> I have interests. Uh, I I feel like so he did a VR experience, and that's something I do. I really do want to try. I know, like the Madame Tussauds, Tussauds uh, Museum in New York, they have a Ghostbusters VR experience. Mm-hmm. I really want to try. I've heard amazing things about it, and I know they're putting one in Disney for Star Wars. It's already up and going. It's already up. So I mean, it's definitely something I have a lot of interest in. Um, I'm actually interested to see how I handle it because I've heard so many different um, people have different experiences. And even the Six Flags um, here in Massachusetts are adding the virtual reality glasses to the Joker ride. Oh, okay. So that's something I'd be interested in trying as well. So, I mean, I have the interest. um, I just haven't had the opportunity. What would it take you to be money aside because obviously vr is an expensive investment even psvr is not super cheap even though it goes on sale pretty regularly what would it take you money aside to jump into vr like what is that thing that's holding you back it really is just money to be honest with you okay Uh, if i had a uh and and, you know for the ps uh um, vr by like if i had like there's so much going on with it like if you want the best experience, there's, you know, it's the PS4 Pro and the newer mm-hmm. models of the PSVR. Absolutely. So if I'm spending that much money, I really don't want to get the the PSVR I can afford, which is the original one, and play it on my PS4. That's if, what I do. Just right. so you know, that's and there's nothing wrong with if there's nothing wrong with there's nothing wrong with that. But if I'm gonna jump into it now, mm-hmm. I would want to be jumping into the ideal experience. Right. And that would be a PS4 Pro and the newer versions. Um, so that's really the only thing that's holding me back. Uh, I almost got like over the holiday season, PS VR was looking very appealing. 
and I was very close to buying one. I just, you know, I just didn't pull the trigger because I started hearing about the, the better experiences that are available. And, and you know, with the way that the generation consoles, the console generations are going, I just get a little gun shy about pulling the trigger so close to another E3 where we could be hearing about new consoles coming out. <laughs> Do you think yeah. we're going to get that announcement at E3? I don't know. I mean, I just bought an iPhone X, and now I hear there's going to be three new iPhones this year. So I'm well, yeah, every fed up with technology. <laughs> so, well, because there are the rumors that uh, PS5 dev kits are going out. Have you heard those rumors? Yeah, yeah. And I was just thinking about like, as much as I'm loving my 4K TV now, I kind of want to get a PS4 Pro. Mm-hmm. And now, in in of course, what am I thinking? Yeah, I'm going to get the God of War PS4 Pro, and then. Three months later, I'm going to hear that there's a PS5 coming, and I would kick myself. <laughs> Do you like the look of the P- of the God of War PS4 Pro? I did. I didn't at first. Um, aesthetically, it wouldn't fit with my entertainment center now that everything is black again. Now that right. I don't have my Xbox One S, um, but I kind of like it now. Like now that I pay more attention to it, like to the detail of the design. But mm-hmm. when I first saw it, I thought it was like as an Italian. Uh, I've pictured it's very gaudy, if that makes sense. It, it it's like for God it's, of War, but G A W. Oh, yeah, yeah, G A W. It's like walking into your like ninety-year-old grandmother, Italian grandmother's house while she's <laughs> making Italian cookies. It's something you'd see like hanging on the wall. In my uh, opinion, <laughs> no, that's okay. I I didn't like it either at first, but I applauded them for like going for it, like. They were, they've gotten a lot of feedback, we'll say, about how their special editions have been pretty underwhelming. Like Xbox's special edition consoles look spectacular. They've been doing an excellent job with them. That Minecraft yeah. one is like stellar. The PS4 ones have been pretty, pretty boring, like not yeah. really great. So I appreciate that they're at least like they knew what they, they had an aesthetic they wanted to go for and they went for it. They may not be. appeal to you, <laughs> but they went for it. And that's cool. Um, I'm a big fan of VR. I really enjoy it. I do have a PSVR. I have the original one. I got it on launch day. I pre-ordered one, and I am playing it on a base PS4. Uh, are there some annoyances? Absolutely. The cord management is still dumb, you know. But you see now that like wireless VR is a thing that's coming in probably sooner than we thought it was going to be. But with the PS4, like that's just not something that's going to happen. The PS4 is so underpowered to even run what it does for VR is kind of amazing to me. So I think cable management on your PS4 is just kind of a thing you're going to have to deal with. It's not too bad. Uh, I wish it was a little less annoying, but it's not, for me, a huge, huge detractor. Now, the one big detractor that I have for it um, that you referenced is the fact that they have this new version of PSVR, and the biggest changes to it are the integrated earbuds, because right now on mine, like I have a little, there's like a little control panel that's done on the cord and your earbuds pop, like plug in there and then they come all the way up and it's kind of all over the place. On the new ones, they're integrated into the headset itself, which is really slick. The even more important thing is the pass-through box, which you have on the bundle that I have, it does not support HDR. So oh. if you went, so if you went and got like a PS4 Pro, well, I guess it wouldn't even matter. Even for my base PS4, which does HDR, uh, if I want to have HDR on my screen for those games that support it, I can't run it through the pass-through box. So I literally have my PS... So this is the biggest cable management problem is I have my pass-through box sitting to the side 
that I unplug the cable from the back of my PS4 and like plug it back into that. And then I have to go plug, switch the HDMI plug in order to get it to work when I am going to play it, which is annoying. You know, it's not as great as it could be. And you can't because they changed the cords on the head for that go from that pass through box to the headset. They changed those cords. You can't switch out the pass through box on the old version of the PSVR with a new one, which is really annoying. Like I was really annoyed that they did that. I thought that was really dumb with all that being said. I really enjoy VR, though. I think it truly is like games are looking prettier and looking more gorgeous, which is great. But playing games in VR is something that is truly different and wholly unique to anything you're going to see, no matter how pretty a game is on a, on a, on a, you know, a 4K television with HDR, which is gorgeous. I have one, too. Like, it's really stunning and beautiful. There's just something different about playing things in VR. Now, if I was going to say, like, hey, here are the PSVR games that I think are, the like, the greatest experiences, obviously Resident Evil 7 in PSVR is exceptional. Moss, which I talked about a week or two ago, is a phenomenal game that I really like. Tethered, which is a game that I typically wouldn't like, is kind of a god game where you have these little guys that you're help, like helping them rebuild their kingdom, basically, um, and you're tethering them to different re- job responsibilities. Um, not usually my style of game, but that one I really, really enjoy. Um, super hot in VR. Like, it's fun as a regular game. In VR, it's just next level. It is so cool in VR. That game is great. Um, I still think Res is a lot of fun. Thumper in VR is mind-boggling how fast that game goes in VR. And you, but at least for me, I don't get sick at all. Um, I think is pretty exceptional. Um, so those are all games, I think. And then I really want to play Sprint Vector. I haven't had a chance to play Sprint Vector yet. But off the top of my head, those games are all excellent, excellent experiences I have had in VR. Um, Robinson the Journey is another PSVR exclusive game that was pretty fun. That's the only game that I've gotten um, a little... I can't even say motion sick. I just felt funny the entire time I played it. Like I felt my body felt stressed. Like I literally would start sweating, not because like I didn't feel upset to my stomach or anything else. I just something just felt off while I was playing that game the entire time. I have played Farpoint, which is also excellent, has smooth movement forward and backward, side to side. I didn't get sick. Like I had no issues in that game at all. But some reason, Robinson, the journey, I just I felt off the entire time I played it. The game's beautiful for a VR game. Um, But that was the one that's a little that for me, I had a little that was a little weird. So, hey, there we go. That's VR, in-depth knowledge of VR. Um, Shipleg also wants to know that he states that he has been having the urge lately to paint some minis, especially games that they want to enjoy with my girls. Thanks, Stuff Fables. Have you all gotten into painting? Josh, are you a painting guy? Do you enjoy painting minis? I like, I have no artistic talent. I want, (laughs) I want to have it. Um, but I don't, uh, you know, I tried renegade games was asking people on, on Instagram <clears throat> for people who might want to try painting, uh, their planet defenders game, mm-hmm. uh, minis. So I kind of shout out a thing to them and I was like, you know, Hey, I don't paint minis, but I would love to get into it. And this would be a great way for me to like, try it with my wife and see if it's something we liked. And they were like, Oh, we'll get back to you. And I never heard back from them. So I'm assuming they went with someone <laughs> more talented uh, with painting minis, but um, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't think that I have, I have the, the patience. I do. I just don't think I have the, the talent for it. So it's something that I have steered clear of. I also don't have uh, enough mini games 
that I play. I have enough games with minis. I just don't play them. <laughs> gotcha. So, uh, like I can, I could easily uh, paint Star Wars Armada that I have sitting up there. But uh, I think for me, it's too daunting of a task, especially for time. Um, but it's something I I would love to do if I ever had the opportunity. But I just don't see it. Right. Have you ever played, or do you play a lot of like? Warhammer or any of those like super intense like that's all the games we have are all the things we have are minis games. Do I ever want to play them though? Like or have you played them? <laughs> no, I have no interest. <laughs> okay. So I back in the day I had a, a good friend who played a lot of Warhammer Fantasy. So uh, I was like, okay, I'll get into this. I'll play some as well. So I bought a whole bunch of high elves and I started painting them. And let me tell you, it gives you a newfound respect for how awesome some of those people do like it really is impressive for the small details that they do and how they're able to kind of bring those things to life uh so i have done some painting i i did paint some high elves i didn't quite finish my entire army because then i ended up moving so the people i played warhammer with i i not don't live by anymore so i never quite finished painting that army and honestly i haven't followed warhammer at all since then but I always have that desire to, when I get games, go ahead and paint the miniatures. I'm just worried I'm going to ruin them. Yeah, yeah. You know, like I'm so such a perfectionist that I'm always worried that I, I'm going to do something that's just not going to look good. I will say the minis from Stuff Fables, I do really want to paint. I think that it could be a good time. I still have all the paint and all the supplies. I have all the brushes. I like I have everything still. Maybe maybe I will just take the risk on something I'm not playing very often anymore and paint those so that if they look bad, it's not a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> so I say I think Shipling, if you are going to paint, uh, do it and share pictures with us because I think it is a fun, as a cool, different side of the hobby. Like there are people who like that is what they're all about is painting minis, and there's plenty of tutorial videos on YouTube. Uh, I think if it's something you're interested in, to go for it. Just be patient with yourself, and maybe don't try to be as complicated as some of those tutorials get your first time. Or go for right. it if you want to. Roll the dice and let it roll. <laughs> Very true, very true. Okay, so we got two questions from Kevin Austin. That's at PSVG Kevin. Uh, we'll start. Well, I don't want to say easy. Uh, we'll start with this one. Uh, seems like uh, lately board game developers are playing a game of how much can I charge and get away with? Do you see this as a trend as well? And do you... Um, he, I got to correct his writing. <laughs> Do you Social see this as a trend as well? And do you think the bubble will burst and cause damage for the industry as a whole as a result? So what do you think? <laughs> we Well, it's funny because you and I have kind of been having these conversations mm -hmm. that there are a number of games that are coming out and the price tags are getting... Um, they're getting up there. You know, yeah. it's it's. I pretty much assume now that every game I'm going to back on Kickstarter, it seems, is going to be $100. You know, I currently yeah. am backing um, Edge of Darkness, which is $100. Dinosaur Island just came out. And since I missed it last year to get everything now, I think it was like $150. Yeah, for um, everything. For everything or something in that ballpark. I just backed Seventh Continent, which I should be getting this month sometime. That was over $100. You know, the if you haven't seen, there's this really amazing Harry Potter miniatures game that's coming out. Uh, they were going to do a Kickstarter for it, but they decided not to. To get everything for that game, it's $370. No I way, Jose. There's the Batman minis game, which was the same boat. It was like something yeah. in the $300 plus dollar range to get everything for it. I, I think there is a little bit of a disconnect going on between 
the quality levels that people think we need to get to uh, and how much money people are, like at some point, I feel like we're going to reach a tipping point. Maybe we will. Maybe everyone who is, you know, a hobby board game is board game person has a ton of money and they're not like me and they can just keep buying all these games. But I was really bummed about the Harry Potter game because man, that game looks incredible. The mini sculpts on that thing are really nice. It has some, they did a really smart thing in having a really talented person paint most of those minis to say hey look how good these can look um but i just i can't justify that price yeah it's too much what do you think are are games getting too expensive so i will say like so the pacific rim um kickstarter came Mm -hmm. out on monday and i was talking to my wife because we're big fans of it and i was like hey that kickstarter launched today as i'm loading up the pitch i was like what do you think it's gonna cost she's like it's a mini game and i said yeah and they're pre-painted figures. Oh. And they're big. And uh, she's like, what do you, th-? she's like, a hundred. I said, oh, yeah, that's what I was thinking too. 49 bucks for, oh, the wow. co- for the core set. So if you read what they're doing, they say they want to make it affordable for everybody. Mm-hmm. So the core set comes with one kaiju, which is the monster, mm-hmm. and one Jaeger, which is the robot. Uh, and that's what you get in the core set. And then you get the game. And then certain... Um, Stretch goals will unlock free content, like mm-hmm. they unlocked three um, 3D buildings for free. And then certain Kickstarters will unlock characters, which you can add on if you want. And they're, I don't remember the conversion because it's in a different currency, mm-hmm. but you add on a certain amount to your pledge to add the characters that are being unlocked. You could do, there was like an early bird for 90 bucks you could get the core set plus two more uh minis mm-hmm. and uh, one was a limited edition one but you have that option as well uh i think like when i see kevin's question i, I think th- we have this problem right now where the only the expensive games are getting the press and yeah. for every kickstarter that is a game over a hundred dollars or a hundred dollars or more there's 15 awesome games coming out at 20, 30, 40 bucks. So they're there. You just got to do a little digging. Um, like I think Renegade just dropped three games last week or two weeks ago that are $40 price tags mm-hmm. or 30. And, and they, you know, they have other games coming out. So there's plenty of games that are available and are new that, and that are good and that aren't a hundred dollars. Some of them might be 60, but, that's the price of a video game. Mm-hmm. So I think like 60 is a good average price for a long game. And then you pay 30 bucks for a shorter game or a two-player game, but they're available. You just kind of have to look for them. And you're not going to see them on Kickstarter necessarily. I will say the Ninja Turtles Munchkin that I backed, that's only 30 bucks. Mm-hmm. And that's a great value for the game that you're getting. Um, that we know of, at least you know. We'll see what the final product looks like. But how much? There. How much do you think the Fireball Island Kickstarter, which launches April third, how much do you think that one's going to be? I can't see it being anything under a hundred dollars. I'm worried that, it's going to be like one fifty. Yeah, I could see it being higher, and who knows what the options are they're going to give you. But I mean, it's a the problem with Fireball Island is it's a remake of a game that wasn't very good in the first place. <laughs> But they're trying to make better. Sure. But 
it's kind of like that's a lot of faith. I mean, mm-hmm. I guess it's not anything crazier than a Gloomhaven or right. an Edge of Darkness, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't think it's going to damage the industry as a whole, though. I mean, it's strengthening them. They're getting more word of mouth. So I think you're right, though. There'll be a tipping point where people just say, I'm not paying this much money anymore for games. Mm-hmm. And they'll just have to readjust. Yeah. I think that's it. You know? Makes sense. So at, I hope that answers your question, Kev. Uh, your other question was, planning a family trip soon, any suggestions on small, easy-to-play, quick games to pack in our bags? So I know you got some recommendations because we've talked about this before. Yeah, I mean, from off the top of my head, uh, which I knew this was on the show notes, I should have thought about this. Uh, Red <laughs> 7, I think, is a great option. It's a yeah. small game, really inexpensive, fits well. Um, Okie dokie. Uh, which I know I've reviewed on this podcast, um, I think is a great option. Again, really inexpensive, uh, fits in the bag well. Uh, those are the two top off the top of my head that I enjoy. No Thanks is another really easy one. A few chips in addition to some cards that fits in a bag really easy. All those games are super easy to teach, super easy to learn, um, and don't take a ton of time, and you can kind of stop them at any point. Uh, what's what do you have off the top of your head for small games that are easy to pack? Well, what, what's cool about it is not only are they necessarily small, but they're also cheap generally, mm-hmm. which is a great thing. So, like, uh, you can go to any FLGS or even Barnes and Nobles at this point or Targets, um, Flip City, mm. easy to learn, great to play, challenging. Um, Bang the dice game, Ella uh, Minis, which I've talked about before. Um, welcome to the dungeon. Welcome back to the dungeon. Mm-hmm. These are all games that are family friendly too and easy to learn. Uh, you can even try Hero Realms or Star Realms if you want a little bit more of a challenge. Um, so those are all great games, and you know, twenty bucks or less. Yeah, and if you're looking for a nice, really awesome um, game to just wind the night down with you and the wife, uh, the Fox in the Forest is a great option to kind of call things a night. Yes, Fox in the Forest is a fantastic game. All right. So we'll take one last question here from Skinny Matt as we are running a little low on time here. But at Skinny Matt K from Twitter wants to know with how popular tabletop games are, why haven't they brought back Hero Quest? <laughs> what a question. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to tackle this one first? Yeah, sure. Why not? Uh, there's, there's a market for it. The problem is the market for it have all the pieces already. And it's a game that is still played by this like crazy underground select group of people. I think they don't bring it back because it would cost too much money and table space. And you talk about expensive Kickstarters, like this would be like a thousand dollar Kickstarter to, to get everything, if not more. I think uh, they could do it, but. I just, I don't see that. I mean, it's big in trading circles and it's big in like nostalgia groups, but I don't know how many people really know about it. It would be like a Fireball Island redo. Like Restoration Games would have to be like, I want to do something crazy. <laughs> Let's try to bring <laughs> back HeroQuest. Um, and I guarantee you, I can't guarantee you, I bet 78% of our listeners have no idea what HeroQuest is. <laughs> okay, so I want to clarify because depending on everything you just said, I think potentially people might be confused. Were you talking about Hero Quest or Hero Escape? Oh crap! See, now I was talking about Hero Escape. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe I don't know what Hero Quest is. And everything else, like okay, 
Uh, I think we're talking about different things here. But <laughs> oh boy. Okay, editor's note. <laughs> <Cut that. laughs> no, I, so, maybe I'm, I'm guess I'm confusing with HeroScape because that's exactly what I was thinking of. Are you you're familiar with Hero Quest though? Apparently not. Oh, okay. So Hero Quest <laughs> um, was a dungeon crawler game from like, oh man, late '80s, I would say. Um, it was, if you remember, um, I think on, it I'm Googling was, it, keep talking. Yeah. <laughs> on, I think for Milton Bradley, I think it was done in conjunction with uh, Games Workshop. They were the ones that had the Kickstarter that like a different company was doing from like Europe like two years ago that got like they raised a ton of money and then it got shut down because they didn't have the actual have the rights to do it. Mm. If, if you might remember about it. So, that sounds familiar. Yeah. So here is the thing number one, Hero Quest and Hero Escape. Man. How often do I have to think very long and hard in my mind which one of those I'm supposed to be talking about? So HeroQuest. I think the reason HeroQuest hasn't been printed, and the interesting thing about this is that the Gamma Trade Show is going on right now as you listen to this, and the Dice Tower did a live stream with the folks from Restoration Games who are bringing back Fireball Island. Many of the questions they got during that live stream were about HeroScape and HeroQuest, oddly enough. Uh, HeroScape... They said it's just way too expensive. There's no way they could afford to do HeroScape. But for Hero Quest, it's they said their most one of their two most popular games requested, and apparently the rights for it are just a nightmare as far as who actually has what rights for Hero Quest as far as the publishing rights, the the rights for the world and the lore that their world exists in, because that tends to fi- um, sit with. Uh, games workshop the mechanics in the game like apparently it is a very complicated uh minefield of who has the rights um to make this game happen and it's just one of those games that i think everybody would really really love to have it come back because they have a lot of childhood memories especially if they played the game um back in the you know late 80s early 90s but having all of the stars aligned properly for that game to come back at a cost that would make sense, uh, I think is going to be very, very challenging. And there have been more, multiple attempts to bring HeroQuest back, and all of them have failed because the rights are like divided between so many different groups that nobody really knows who can do what. And like somebody will think they have everything in place, but then this other group that they never realized has this right to this one thing so that they can't do it. So... I don't know if we'll ever get it. I think if we do, it'll have to be very expensive because whoever republishes it, I mean, obviously Restoration Games is the company that makes sense, but if they do republish it, they're going to have to probably pay so much to get all of those rights from the people who have them. That's going to be a really expensive game. Just not even thinking about the components, just for them to afford to get everything they need legally to reproduce that game. I looked at the pictures. I've never heard. I've never seen Hero Quest. Oh, before. gotcha. So hey, whether you were thinking <laughs> Hero Quest or Hero Escape, there's answers for both of those things as to why they will never be reprinted. Uh, but yeah, lots of plastic, uh, yeah. and apparently uh, plastic yeah. is really expensive for Hero Escape. Uh, so yeah, that's why that won't get reprinted ever. It's just really expensive. <laughs> there you go, Matt. I answered a question you didn't even have. <laughs> All right. Oh boy. <laughs> so the lovely folks um, at the PlayStation Experience podcast asked this question, and we're out of time, so we're not going to get to it this week, but we will get to it next week, folks, over at PSXP. So don't worry. We're, we hear you loud and clear, and we will answer your question next week on our show. But hey, Josh, it has been an awesome time hanging out with you this evening, but what do you say we wrap this show up? That sounds like a fantastic idea. 
thanks for joining us, guys and gals. Remember, uh, find us on social media. That's at Board with VG. Uh, use that hashtag, uh, which thank you, guys. We got some people using that hashtag, uh, not on just pictures, but posts. So hashtag Board with VG. That's B O A R D. Uh, you can find us at facebook.com slash board with VG. We get that lovely email, uh, board with VG at gmail.com. And uh, if those uh, if our designer friends from Pandasaurus Games are listening and you want to shoot us an email and maybe send us some copies of your awesome <laughs> game that we've been hearing about, uh, we'll, we'll do an awesome review cast for that game. We'll talk about it. Make sure we plug you guys. I did back that Dulosaur Island, which I'm really looking forward to playing. Um, Is that the only part you backed, or did you back the entire thing? You know, uh, so I have Edge of Darkness. Mm -hmm. Still hasn't come out. Um, I just did 60 bucks for Dice Throne Season 2. Now Pacific Rim, I also have. So I was like, I can't. As much as I really want Dinosaur Island, like... It's just not in the funds. I'm going to have to settle for Dulosaur Island right now. And then, uh, I mean, it is kind of cool, though, that they're still giving you the option that you can get something. Like, you yeah. don't have to just pay, like, the huge, I should say huge, the higher price to end, like, it's an all-or-nothing type of a deal, you know? I think it's totally worth the, the not overcharging at all because this is a very desired game. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. So, I'll get Dulosaur Island, and I'll just uh, keep begging Pandasaurus for a review copy of Dinosaur Island. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because I think, I mean, I had Spirits of the Forest, Everdell, Edge of Darkness, and then Dinosaur Island are all things I've backed in like the last month. And then obviously with, you know, uh, Fireball Island coming up, it's going to be another thing I'm going to have to back. Yeah. Um, it's a really good thing that we are sharing games on Xbox. Because, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> man, gaming is getting expensive. And I have Ninja Turtles Munchkin coming out next week, too. Out of oh, yeah. So I got a, I got a lot of money sitting in my Kickstarter waiting to be funded pile uh anyways that's uh our board of vg plugs what about you sir where can people find you yeah so you can find me in all the places twitter instagram playstation network xbox live board game geek all at psychocross c-y-c-o-c-r-o-s-s uh we are probably i will say tentatively planning on doing a once a week video game stream coming up soon uh we'll give you more details on that once we get it all shook out and then we know exactly how it's going to happen and when it's going to happen. Likely it'll be on Mixer uh, on Xbox. but And then we'll upload the videos later to YouTube and all that good stuff. But just be aware, that's kind of in the cards. Um, if you have other things you'd like to see us do, obviously, always let us know. Hit us up at that social media at Board with VG. We want to hear all of your ideas and, whether, and ways that we can improve the show um, to have you continue to enjoy all the awesome things that we do. Well, folks, it is that time. It's time to say goodbye. But hey, remember, whether it be board games or video games, never stop gaming. been a production of the play some video games podcast network find more great content at play some